Hey everybody, welcome to the Utah Royals FC show. This is episode 39 and today actually is a super cool episode because it is the long lost audio file of the Abby Smith interview, sort of. You see what happened is I interviewed Abby Smith back in June, but then my dog ate the audio file and so thankfully it was found in repair and so now we can move forth to release it here today. Um, if you believe me, then um, good job. If you did not believe that story I just told, props to you for not falling for my ridiculous excuse. The truth is, my schedule was busier than I expected this past summer, um, and I just never had the time to write the article I wanted, which then would have led to releasing this interview via the RFC show and now looking back it's October and Virtue and Ryan and Stockton and pretty much everyone at Soapbox was bugging me about this interview. So I finally just came in <laughs> um, to my great greatest failure of my soccer writing career um, and so here we are four months later four months five months later and uh, finally get to release this on this interview that I did with Abby Smith back in the summer so apologies for my failure this should have been done back in June Abby Smith if you're listening I'm sorry um, all of you who waited I'm sorry I owe you a million apologies for my failure but it's a new day and so we move forth and so here we go um, but yeah so it's time to release the audio um, so even though I didn't get around to write the article I wanted it's a really cool interview where Abby Smith just talks about her um, just just her soccer career getting into soccer getting to become a goalkeeper coming to the NWSL her time in Boston but then also overcoming a in knee injury in Boston. She talks about the Boston Breakers folding um, and just kind of being drafted by Utah in the dispersal draft, how it is playing with Nicole Barnhart and that solid defense she had. Um, and we also go through some questions from fans, including what it means to her to just take the time to celebrate and talk to the fans and interact with the fans. Um, so anyway... She was super, super kind, super, super gracious, and I loved chatting with her. And, um, yeah, we, we like Abby Smith. So hope you enjoy it. And, again, apologies for the delay, but here it is. The long, long lost audio file of the Abby Smith interview. I hope you enjoy. Thanks for listening. Um, all right, well, we can go ahead and just start off. Um, just to give some of the people, oh, the readers, listeners, a bit of your background with soccer, um, tell us how okay. you, tell us how you started playing soccer and especially what led you to becoming a goalkeeper. Okay. Um, so starting out, it was when I was like, it was in elementary school. So I was turning like six or seven. Um, and my parents just signed me up because I needed to get rid of a lot of my energy. Mm -hmm. um, I actually did gymnastics at the same time. 
Um, and that was mainly because I started off with gymnastics because it was in the school that I was at. Um, but then they signed me up for soccer and I just did like rec soccer, YMCA. Um, and I just kind of gradually got more and more into it Mm -hmm. just because, um, obviously like the 99 world cup, I was, or like the 99ers. Yeah. So that was, I was six, I want to say six that year. Okay. And so I think that's like what really stemmed it. Um, but it was really like my parents needed to get me to spend more time like outside using up my energy um and then I just got more serious about it just because I had more fun Mm -hmm. um and I started playing with solar soccer club which is funny because I played Texans all the way like once club once you had to sign a contract and you were playing club I played Texan Dallas Texans the whole time okay uh but my YMCA team, my rec team, uh, ended up going, like, the Longhorns, <laughs> ironic enough, um, to Solar. And then when we had to make a decision, I ended up going to Texans. Okay. Uh, um, and so I, I guess, like, I started playing goalie just because I wasn't afraid to be in the goal. Mm-hmm. So we would all rotate in and everything, but it just never really scared me to be in goal. And then it just kind of stuck. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't like I specialized in it. I didn't say, oh, like, this is the only position that I wanted to be in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't want to play anything else. It just kind of, I kind of got thrown into it, but then I would also play on the field at the same time. Okay. Um, so I wasn't just stuck in coal, um, at such a young age. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, go ahead. No, I was just going to ask if you, um, once you started getting into the whole goalkeeping thing, who was like a goalkeeper that you were kind of just amazed by and, and I don't know, was there a goalkeeper that kind of inspired you, um, that there was something that you wanted to do? Yeah, so... At the time, it was during the men's indoor league, um, and the Dallas sidekicks were the Dallas team, okay. um, and like the Dallas Burn before they were FC Dallas. Mm, yep. Um, but we used to go to the indoor games all the time. So um, Sagu, who was the goalkeeper at the time was a big role model and then Jesse Yamas who is still in Dallas and so is Segu they they were like my big role models growing Mm -hmm. up um just because they were still they were playing and um it was just like so cool the fact that we had an indoor team and it was so fast-paced yeah um and it was just like very different because with indoor like you have the walls and they keep the ball going all the time Mm -hmm. unless obviously unless it hits the net or you go above the boards um but it was just like so fast-paced it was so intense and I loved 
every bit of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that was what really like drew me to being a goalkeeper. Okay. Um, but I, I want to say that was like my first like really big. They those two were like my really big role models. Okay. Okay. Zagu, I'm trying to think. Is he Brazilian? I'm probably totally yes. off. Okay. Okay. Um, Zagu is Brazilian. He. Um, after the sidekicks, he went and played in Baltimore okay. for quite some time. And then I think he just got into, like, their Hall of Fame. Okay. I think. I think that's right. Um, so, like, and we're still, like, family friends. Like, we still keep oh. in touch. Oh, cool. Um, my parents keep in touch with him a little bit more often since they're still in Dallas. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so they... So it's easier being in Dallas, and so they are still in the soccer world and everything, so it makes it easier to communicate with them Yeah. that way. So Cool. That's pretty cool. And then you yeah. decided to go to UT Austin. Um, yes. Which, when you think about UT Austin, you don't really think soccer. <laughs> no. <laughs> but... Yeah. Um, you definitely think football or yeah, baseball. Yeah, for sure. Um, what was a deciding factor for you to go to um, UT Austin for soccer? Um, so, growing up through the youth like youth national team system, okay. my, my parents were always um, really supportive of me going on trips, but they weren't ever able to go with me. Um, so... I wanted to stay close to home to where they could actually come to games and watch me play. And um, just because, like, I'm an only child and mm-hmm. I'm, su- I'm super close with my parents. Okay. So I wanted to be close to where they could come mm-hmm. and watch games whenever they wanted. They could choose, um, like, the weekend if they wanted to stay a full weekend or if they just wanted to come to one. Mm-hmm. Um because, like, the Big 12 is all, it's very, it's not 12 schools. It's yeah. up and down 35. Yeah. Like, so it's significantly easier to drive mm-hmm. um, from where my parents are versus to book a flight right. and go halfway across the country. Okay. So okay. that's a big reason why I wanted to stay. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, cool. So now done with... Um, college at UT Austin Um, what was it about the NWSL that made you decide to come to the league Um, especially just being part of a league that is trying to grow Um, I guess I wanted to be a part of this league because it's here um, in the United States and we are trying to grow and a lot of the best players were coming here to mm-hmm. play. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though that, like, at the time, it hadn't been that... We hadn't had that many years under our belt. Mm-hmm. But at the same... Like, we... This was when they were really determined to make this league last. And I think that was also something that was really exciting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that, like if I were to be able to play professional soccer and my parents would be able to come visit. And um, at the time, my husband was 
my boyfriend, if he could come and watch me play, and mm-hmm. that would have been, like, even better. So I think staying in the this league to help it grow, but also being a plane flight or a drive mm-hmm. away mm-hmm. Um, is – that was that was huge for me, um, just because family is really important, and um, so it made it a lot easier to decide to stay here. Yeah, yeah, that that makes sense. Um, and then you ended up going to Boston, which is far, a little bit far from yeah. Dallas. <laughs> um, but then you suffered a season-ending injury, correct? Right. Um, a month into yeah. the season, and then you come back and you win the starting goalkeeping position. But just you know. Being off of that, um, how as an athlete do you mentally prepare for something like that? Just getting injured, you just started in the league, and then you come back and you're just the number one keeper. Um, so it wasn't easy after I ruptured my patella tendon because mm. um, mentally and physically I came back too soon. Mm. Uh, so I wasn't strong enough to take the load that I was I was doing. Um, my my knee was fine. It was the muscles that I needed to work properly um, that weren't fine. Mm-hmm. So I think that was really tough. But I knew that when I came back, I wanted to start and I wanted to play. So I had to really push to earn that position. Um, but it also helped that at the time, Matt Beard was our coach and he was really supportive of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, through the process, like, he would check in with me, um, making sure that I was okay, um, but at the same time, like, I had to mentally wrap my head around that, Mm -hmm. um, my knee was fine, but I needed to push through the fact that my muscles weren't as strong as they needed Mm -hmm. to be, Mm um, so last year during that season, I ended up having to sit out for five weeks because, um, it basically like the load was becoming to be too much for um, my quad tendon. Okay. So like, because my quad muscle wasn't strong enough. So my tendons were taking the load Mm. and that's not what you want to happen. Mm -hmm. So um, I think after I sat out for those five weeks, I think I realized that I really needed to emphasize on my strength. Mm -hmm. Um, and getting that back versus like trying to really push myself to keep the starting position, play like all the minutes and everything. But I needed to make sure that I was healthy Mm -hmm. because I didn't want to get injured again. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that makes sense. Did you have to have surgery for any of that? Um, for sitting out for five weeks? No, uh, the season ending one. Yeah, so okay. when you rupture your patella tendon, it's Oof. the tendon that keeps your kneecap in place. Yeah. Oof. Um. So I tore, I ruptured ninety percent of that tendon. Wow. Um. The last ten percent kept my keep uh, my kneecap from shifting into my quad. Wow. Um. So I have a pretty hefty scar that starts at the top of my kneecap, uh, maybe a little bit higher that goes all the way down to pretty much the bottom of my knee. Wow. Um, so they pretty much have to go in um, with sutures and what 
and basically like reconstruct my patella tendon and they drilled through my kneecap to reattach it back at the top of the kneecap um and there's two different ways of having the surgery and I just ended up doing um the Thomas Gill was my doctor and he ended up just wanting to drill all the way through Mm -hmm. um to really make sure that my knee was going to be strong enough Mm -hmm. because the other way is like you get anchors in your kneecap um and he just didn't want to risk that something a freak accident happened and the anchor doesn't sit well or it causes more pain um so they basically did all of that and then it's like a normally it's a two-year recovery to come back to like being normal okay or like feeling back to where I was and that's I didn't believe him when he told me that Hmm. but it's been two years now and now I genuinely and truly understand that two years is what you need Hmm. Um, because you work your whole life to have the amount of muscle that you do have Mm -hmm. and within a a span of two weeks that muscle's gone because you can't I couldn't use my leg it was locked straight yeah knee brace and I could I was non-weight bearing wow oh yeah well we're glad you (laughs) I think you top answer (laughs) glad you recovered from that just fine um okay so 2018 began and it would be business as usual um in the NWSL you know everyone at least thought but then you start hearing so much talk about Boston folding um how did you hear about the whole situation in Boston and when it was finalized and it was, it was folding. Um, so there have been rumors going around that we had a new owner coming in, Mm -hmm. but nothing had gone through. And then it just, it didn't feel right. It was very sketchy. Hmm. Um, we were left in the dark for a very long time. And so, we, like, we as the team um, and some of the staff were hoping that it was just the fact that they wanted to make sure that everything was going perfect and um, mm-hmm. that everything was taken care of by the time the new owner had come in. But then once it started getting closer to the draft, something, it just didn't sit well. And so the night before the draft was when we really – weren't certain that the new ownership was going to go through. Mm. Um, And then the day after the draft is when they told us that we don't have an owner. These are the options um, for the future of this team. Mm. Um, We'll let you know in a couple days. Oh no. And once they, once you hear that your head starts spinning because preseason is supposed to start in two and a half weeks three weeks at the time and so you're just like okay cool Hmm. so you're sitting there twiddling your thumbs thinking like well these are all the options it's highly unlikely that we're going to get a new owner because it took this much time for them to try and get a new owner and it fall through and because at the end of the day they wanted to make sure that um the new owner coming in was going to take care of us the best 
that the standards mm-hmm. were going to be higher than what was left. Mm-hmm. And so, like, credit to them for if the, since they weren't uh, they weren't comfortable with the new owner coming in to like not let that happen because if we want the league to grow in a positive way, like we don't want owners to come in and then something bad happen and then the players aren't taken care of right the staff's not taken care of like that's that's not how it should be and that's not how uh we want the league to turn out so once all of that happened and we found out that we weren't getting a new owner um there wasn't a group coming in to buy us out they told us that they're gonna have a dispersal draft and getting picked up by Utah was literally the best situation I could be in. Yeah. Um, like, hands down, the best situation. Um, Deloitte has been unbelievable. Um, Laura's one of the best coaches in this league. Mm-hmm. Um, our organization is so professional, and uh, the fans have been amazing. The staff has been amazing. Um, just because, like, it's a new it's a new organization mm-hmm. and um we just felt like we were actually wanted yeah and we're very welcome mm-hmm. and and like we're we're just so grateful because a lot of the like the the places that people were coming from or uh, the organizations some of them weren't the best yeah um canvas and so they understand as well like they they were in a sticky situation mm-hmm. um, and so a lot of the Kansas girls were super excited to be coming to Utah mm-hmm. um, because this is top notch like it's very professional and it's one of it's probably the best situation in our league mm-hmm. um, so <laughs> that like it's it's hard to kind of it's still hard to wrap my head around that this is we went from being uh, in a really tough situation to being in the best situation yeah yeah that's I think that's what obviously you don't want to see teams fold or staff lose their jobs or any of that situation but um, I, I think it's been really um I think the bar has been set, what Deloitte has done with the Royals, um, of what, um, you know, a a professional team for a women's soccer team should look like. Um, So that's been really cool for fans and for people to see that um, you all are being taken care of. So um, cool. Um, And what has it been like? Um, I think you covered my last question talking about Utah, but um, what has been, what, what has it been like? being on a team with Nicole Barnhart? Um, Barney is an incredible person and a player. Like, she... It's really funny because she comes across quiet and um, very reserved. Yeah. But her one-liners are hilarious. (laughs) Um, She makes these crazy saves that you're like, how the heck did you get here? Like, let's, like, get here as in like making that save like it's just unreal um 
so like it's always fun to be able to train with her every day because she um you see why she's one of the best in the and you see why she's um been playing for so long because it's something that is more than just like the physical aspect of the game like her mental aspect and the brains behind her and behind everything that she does is just on a different level it's top notch and she's one she's like by far one of the best in the league mm-hmm. and I think being on this team with her has been very rewarding and also so nice because she's a great person but also like such a great player mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah for sure um and then you have Becky Sauburn and Rachel Corsi defending. Um, how much how much confidence is that? Does that kind of give you some confidence when you go into every game knowing that you have Becky and Rachel and obviously Becca Morals and then um, well that position has changed a little bit with um, Katie Bowen's right there. Yeah, right Katie now. Bowen. Thank yeah. you. There's been yeah. so much shifting this season that um, yeah. yeah, but um, yeah, how do you, how does that how much confidence does that give you? Um a huge amount because obviously like we as a group are so sound when it comes to being a solid defense Mm -hmm. Uh, it makes you feel good going into games like you know that you can count on your players and you have the best players in front of you so it makes it easier to go into a game and feel confident in your team mm-hmm. and at the same time like you have top-notch national team players and um, even if you have players that aren't national team players but they give you a hundred percent it makes it so much easier going into games because you can count on each other mm-hmm. and I think that's something that I really loved about this team and really embraced because everybody has each other's back Mm -hmm. and it's not there's like days where we have rough days but you know stepping on the field and then stepping off the field you're still going to have each other's back through the tough times and the good times okay yeah um so halfway through the season now but if you had a magic eight ball um where do you what where do you see utah at the end of the season (laughs) Well, hopefully I would see us in the championship. Yeah. Winning the championship. Yeah. But that's, like, that's very far. It's not far in the future, but it's not something, like, it's obviously a goal, but we want to focus on, like, day by day, mm-hmm. um, one practice at a time, one game at a time, because um, our, like, one thing that we want to focus on are the little details and making sure that we're taking care of those little details. Mm-hmm. Um, because at the end of the day, that's going that's going to be the biggest difference. Mm-hmm. And I think, obviously, like as a new franchise, getting to that end goal would be huge. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like we want to make sure that we're doing all the right things to get there. So we have to do each step at a time and not get too caught up going like three steps four steps when Mm -hmm. like you 
it's just better to focus one day at a time. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. We want you all to focus on game by game. Um, yeah. Okay, so now for some questions that actually came from um, some readers, listeners. Um, okay. And they're, so these are coming from them. Um, so what is your favorite non-Utah NWSL kit? Oh, okay. <laughs> um, favorite non-Utah. Yeah. I really like Ashlyn Harris's red kit. I feel like that one's different. Okay. Um, I think it's just, it's cool. Yeah. Like, you don't really see, um, you don't really see different kits outside of gray, yellow, green, mm. um, black yeah so or yellow did I say yellow no I, think. I don't know I, I love that you <laughs> answer that from a goalkeeper perspective because I immediately thought of like the players on the team but um, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh okay and this one is from uh Marcus he asked okay. if you do you get frustrated with others when other supporters with their chants and their banter um to be honest, there are times in the game where they will be yelling, and sometimes it's just so loud, I can't even understand what they're saying. <laughs> so, like, I'll get frustrated because I want to communicate with my team. Um, it's, like, very loud, but at the same time, I can't really understand or make out the words that they're saying. Yeah. So that doesn't really bother me. I just kind of ignore it. Mm. So. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and now when you are with on the side of the supporters, is there something that you want to see from the fans? Um, we love the signs and the support. Um, I feel like unique chants are always fun to hear. Um, but, like, during the game, we – we as like the team and the players are so zoned in Mm -hmm. that after the games when we see really cool signs um we love to celebrate that with the fans and everybody Mm -hmm. just because it's like you take the time to uh make a sign for somebody so we appreciate it and like we want everybody to know that like even if we don't get around the whole stadium, like we know you're there and we appreciate you coming mm-hmm. because the only reason we're able to play and we're here are because of y'all. Mm. Yeah. Very cool. So, um, Marcus is asking if you can sign, uh, his flag or her. Flag. Yeah. So when you get a chance, if you, so Marcus, if you're listening next time, just shout and Abby will come sign your sign. Yeah, um, of course. <laughs> Um, another question. People have been asking a lot about your dog. Um, we think he is adorable. <laughs> so they want to know a little bit, um, about your dog. Can you tell us about your dog? Okay, so Jace is his name. Oh. It sounds like Chase, okay. but it's Jace with a J. Okay. Um, so he's technically in the technical nitty gritty way of saying that he's my husband's dog. Okay. He got, he got a before we started dating um but shortly after we started dating um but i did 
did all the hard work to get him to Utah. And so my husband agreed that I could bring him here. Oh, and good. he is five years old. Mm-hmm. Um, he turned six this year on September 1st. <laughs> um, and he is a Labradoodle. Okay. Um, he's so well-paid, so patient. Mm. Um, it makes me laugh because whenever we are, we're on travel trips or we go somewhere... Um, some of our girls will watch him and just say that he is so easy to take care of because he is just so cuddly and mm-hmm. just wants to be, he just wants to be next to you or be pet by you. Um, and one of our girls actually said that he should go on hospital visits because <laughs> he is just like so cuddly and loving all the time. Yeah. Um, but also, like, on the flip side of things, like, my husband would be like, you you created a monster. He's so needy. <laughs> he, like, has serious separation anxiety. <laughs> and it's so funny. To, it's just because I love him so much, I don't want yeah. um, him to ever feel like he's not loved. Oh. So I'm, like, constantly, like, petting him, yeah. giving him treats, like, making sure that he's okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Yeah. He's a spoiled pup. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Well, um, he's very loved, and he has a lot of fans. So um, I'm glad. I'm, glad. <laughs> I'm sure he'd love that if we could tell him in puppy language. Um, <laughs> if you could be any of the other royal play or any other royal player for a week, who would you be and why? Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> um. Any other royal player? Yeah. I never really thought about that. Um, let me. That's a tough one. Yeah. I would say Minnie. I feel like Minnie would be a fun person okay. to switch places with because she is always willing to go explore. Um, and so she, like, really embraces the places that she's in. Okay. But... I've also been called Desi, so I feel like that would be super fun (laughs) to switch with Desi for a week. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So speaking of exploring, have you had a chance to go out and explore? Um, There was a couple of, I know I saw that some of them went down to, they went down somewhere, they took a trip. Oh, I can't. They went to Moab. Yes, thank you. Um, Were you a part of that group? No, I ended up not going just because I had just gotten Jason Town, um, and I wanted him to feel comfortable and just making sure that he was taken care of pretty much. Um, but I have gone to Park City. I tend to go more to places that are dog friendly just Mm. so I can bring Chase. Um, but I think that's about it. Like I brought, I brought Jace to Park City one one time mm-hmm. and he did a really he did a great job mm-hmm. uh, but like we'll go on like trail walks and stuff like that I haven't been doing as much more in like part of season mm-hmm. um, I do want to go explore Utah a little bit more yeah um, specifically Salt Lake City so yeah for sure if anybody has any recommendations Please throw them out there. There you go. Send us send us those. 
Cool. And then you made it, you had a chance to be um, the national team camp this year. Um, what did you learn from or experience um, being a part of the national team this this past June? Yeah, um, being called into camp is always fun, and it's always such an honor because you're playing with the best players in the world and in our league, and um, it it's a constant challenge because you're being pushed um, mentally and physically to be at that next level. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just learning little things here and there, just like with technique and um, – making sure that I'm taking care of my body recovery-wise, making sure I'm sleeping enough, um, foam rolling, doing recovery boots, um, just little things like that. Mm-hmm. And then, like, just being around the girls and in the training, you have to think that much faster and play that much faster because um, everyone's at that top level. And if you want to... Um, it's either like you sink or swim. Mm-hmm. And if you want to swim, you have to step up to the next level. And I think that's something that I really have to, I'm learning and I'm really embracing um, with each day. Mm-hmm. And I'm still, I'm getting there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also, it's a process. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, is there, just to wrap it up here, is there anything that you want fans to know about you? Um, I don't know. I feel like I'm pretty open. I feel like it's, I don't really hide anything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if anybody has suggestions about places to explore, um, that would be awesome. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, we'll, we'll send a tweet about that and we'll wait for the responses. <laughs> yeah. Um, people come up with no, yeah. nothing that's like super traditional. Like I would love to go see the, the very touristy places but also like I don't I want to see the local yeah first like going for sure so yeah cool all right um well thanks so much for chatting with me today I know that it's crazy and busy and you got a game tomorrow and so all the best with that um, yeah, thank you. And have a good night, and all the best tomorrow. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye, Abby. Thank you. Bye.